Hello everyone and welcome back to the Adam Fury podcast. We are on episode 19, I believe, which is quite crazy. I can't believe we've made it this far. And um, yeah, today I wanted to sort of talk about Cruella because I've finally seen it in cinemas and I did say I was going to do a review on it. Now, hopefully, I should have done it whilst it was fresh. It's been like two days since then, so I thought I'd do a little recap and review of it. So, Cruella with Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, all of the Emmas in it. So, was it good? Was it bad? And I'm really glad, actually, I went to go see this film because, honestly... (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually really enjoyed Cruella. I actually thought, do you know what? This wasn't a bad film. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, Which I think is why you should always go and see a film yourself. And judge it for yourself before you make a final opinion. But um, Cruella in general, I thought was just like a fun ride. Um, There were some bits that made me cringe. I thought the bit when we went into her childhood... And there were some bits that were sort of left unexplained because they sort of were going down the route that Cruella has is like an alter alter personality to Ella, and um, was it Ella or oh? But anyway, she was like an alternative personality, Cruella. And they sort of played around with that a little bit more, and then they sort of didn't really fully explore it, because basically, the whole plot of it, this takes place before Dalmatians, and even though there are Dalmatians in this, they don't really play such a big... They're more used as a way to sort of deliver... To carry on the narrative that they don't really play as characters in this at all it's it's more about Cruella's background and sort of her rise in the fashion industry and basically it becomes this sort of devil wears Prada war between the Baroness played by Emma Thompson and Emma Stone they sort of wage this um fashion war against each other and then there's uh, there's some twists and revelations that happen that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that one coming. So there's definitely some stuff that happens in this which I was not expecting. And um, yeah, and Jasper and Horace I thought were brilliant in this. I thought Jasper was brilliantly acted and, you know, just brought the actor... Let me look up the cast again. Um, Horace was just brilliant. I mean, the actor who played Horace... There were so many funny... There were so many times the audience laughed in cinemas whilst watching this. Um, so, Cruella cast... Let me look at the cast. So, we had... Um, we had Jasper, played by Joel Fry, who was just brilliant. <laughs> um, he just brought, like, another dimension to Jasper... Um, we had Horace, who was played by Paul Walter Hoser. He was just really funny. He was fantastic. Um, he, um, there was a, like, sort of line that sort of became the film of, um, what's the angle? 
oh there's the angle that was like a sort of run on to a little gag which um and i just haven't completely i've just butchered it really but when you watch it there was just little little funny sort of gags and run-ons um i liked how we got to see sort of the progression of how cruella came to be so starting off as a cleaner at this sort of fashion place and then sort of climbing up and climb up the ranks um, until the Baroness saw her design works and then tries to hire her and basically sort of claims her work and doesn't give her any credit. And there was a lot of interesting sort of commentary sort of made about the whole thing about how sort of, not just maybe the fashion industry, but I just think sort of toxic workplaces... that were sort of explored in this and at some point I kind of forgot it was a Disney film which um, is a massive I think it's a compliment to the film because at some point I was just like they didn't do what normal Disney films there was no musical numbers there was no nonsense with talking animals or silly bits or you know it just you know a lot of things that Maleficent went you know, just all the silly CGI things. I mean, either, it, most of the time it just focused on the adult humans and I just thought that was great. And the interaction, Emma Thompson killed this. I mean, I feel like she kind of stole the show a little bit from Emma Stone. Emma Stone was also great, but Emma Thompson was just brilliant. I mean, she can play a villain so well throughout this. I mean, just the way she delivers lines... There was this scene where these two men basically come in to criticise her line or whatever it was. And then basically she goes, well, before you start, I have some criticisms. And the way she tears them to shreds, she rips them a new one, like completely, from side to side. And she does it in such a way where, you know, like Miranda Priestley, it's just... Somebody was clearly watching a lot of Devil Wears Prada when they were writing the script for this, but... It's so done well because just Emma Thompson takes it to a whole new level where I think Miranda Miranda Priestley could be mean, but the Baroness takes it to a whole new level. And I don't think Miranda Priestley, if we were to compare, I'd say the Baroness is more evil than Miranda Priestley. Because at the end of the film, we realise Miranda Priestley is just an ambitious woman who is trying to survive in quite a... And there's similarities between her and the Baroness, and that's a whole other topic we could get into. But I would say the Baroness is worse, and, um, well, you'll have to see the film to realise why, because there's some things I'm just not going to really say, just because this is freshly out. And there will be some spoilers mentioned in this, but for me in general, I just want... There's some things I kind of want to leave mysterious, because, um... I think it's just great to get that sucker punch from some of the stuff that happens at the end. Um, the beginning bit with um, Cruella when she was like a young girl was... The child actress did well, but I just found really corny. And the moment we got to the part when Emma Stone appears, I think the film gets phenomenally better. There were some really sweet moments. I like the bit when you had Ella and her mum at the beginning and... Um, 
working in school. I liked where the film took us in terms of dark places. There are a lot of dark places this film goes. Um, and I think considering it was Disney as well, I think they did a, a great work of pushing that sort of envelope a little bit further of just how dark it could go. And um, oh, there were some really, really great bits that just sort of happened. Because um, what tends, what happens is... So I'll go through the general recap, and you know what, I probably will be going to spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend to go see the film. Um, and I think I enjoyed it on a bigger screen than just at home. But if you fancy just waiting for it at home, it'll also be a massive treat to definitely watch. So definitely do check out Cruella. And um, Anita also appears in this, but um, they decided to cast... Um, who did they decide to cast? They cast a black actress called Kirby Howell Baptiste, who I think did great. Um, I think it's the same Anita. I'm not too sure. She says Anita Darling, but I don't know if it's the same Anita. But if it was, I would have thought it'd be like a nice nod to this is how Anita and Cruella become friends and sort of that's the start of their friendship those early years because Anita was a budding journalist but again I'm not sure if it's the right Anita because as well she if I remember correctly from 101 Dalmatians Anita was a designer um who worked for Cruella um but in this film they change it because Ella is also a designer working for the Baroness so there's some things they sort of change maybe Anita in this reimagining is a journalist but in the original 101 Dalmatians, she's a designer. And plus the the age she was in, she looked like late 20s, early 30s, sort of. Um, so I don't know how that sort of all fits in. Or maybe I'm mistaken and it's a completely different Anita. There could be two, so who knows. But I thought she did a great job. Uh, she was also fantastic in this. Uh, so basically the general plot uh, of what happened this whole warfare um the mum after she gets kicked out of school the mum needs money or something and she goes to this castle sort of mansion in the middle just this very fancy place that looks very upper class all these people have come for a party ella sneaks into the party and or cruella and i think i'm just gonna call her Cruella at this point because it just it's so annoying having to keep switching between the two names but um, she sneaks into the party and then gets chased by some Dalmatians and what I liked with the writing with the Dalmatians I mean we see the Dalmatians push Cruella's mum off by accident but then later on in the film it gets revealed that the Baroness has this whistle and she controls the Dalmatians to push people off so I liked what they did there because basically the dogs were not evil. They basically were controlled by the whistle. And I think they showed that like Jasper and Horace when they kidnapped the Dalmatians and looked after them. You know, we saw another side of the Dalmatians basically that they, you know, they like to watch football and, you know, they were just dogs. And I think that was, I think that was good writing in a way because... Yes, maybe there's some linked trauma there relating to the dogs that will probably play out later on. And even she jokes later about making a coat out of them. And for me, 
I think we sort of get the sense that later on her psyche will get worse, leading to the whole. But it doesn't reach... That's not really explored in this film. The main plot of this film is the conflict between the Baroness and Cruella, basically. That's the whole uh, runtime of the film. Um, But I just liked what they did with the dogs there, because I thought that they would be made into villains, but luckily we it's sort of like it shows you how people can use because when the dogs were with Horace and Jasper who actually were just kids without parents and just grew up having to you know pickpocket just to survive the dogs actually became wonderful but when they were with the Baroness you know they were seen as you know villains because dogs are influenced by the humans around them because that's the thing I think when dogs do awful things most of the time it's caused by humans or it's due to neglect or it's because you know the abuse they've suffered at humans hands and I think the film did a good job showing that so I so for that I have to say that was good writing because my worry was that they'll try to completely resolve Cruella and I don't get the sense the film was doing that I think what they didn't show us how she completely becomes Cruella to the point where she makes... But they were showing the beginnings of how Cruella came about to be in fashion to start off with. And basically the villain was the Baroness. Um, so when she gets hired, you know, she tries to have two disguises. One where she's like Ella with the red wig. And, you know, you might think, oh, that's a little bit... How does she not get recognised... I think the different hair colour and also wearing the mask probably and even the way she spoke probably threw, threw her off possibly but you know if someone was really good you could recognise someone straight away from their eyes but um, what tends to happen is Corella starts to upstage and one thing I sort of got a sense from the film was that um, the Baroness sort of represents like the establishment like what's and Cruella represents like sort of the punk era or the sort of revolution or anarchist sort of, you know, that sort of uh, rebellious new generation coming up. And it's this sort of struggle. And even when you have this big reveal about how the Baroness and uh, Cruella are sort of, you know, the truth about the two of them, you then get the sense of, oh, that sort of fits into the whole theme. So there were some interesting sort of themes that sort of explored that I think also relate to the to 1970s Britain particularly when Cruella just there were just bits that were just done so well like each time because each time the Baroness like revealed this outfit and she was meant to be talked by the media Cruella would appear with this outfit or, or just the, this way of appearing like you know uh, the, this mask that said I am the future or you know the future is me or something like that and then there was this bit where she you know, the the garbage truck comes, drops all this rubbish. She appears from the rubbish, and all that rubbish is basically part of this long trailing dress that she basically gets whisked away. I I, I don't know how to describe that scene, but when I just saw it, I was just like, wow. Just It's just the little things that just, you know, somebody clearly was doing their homework when they looked into, you know, galas and fashion things. Because, um... If you ever watch gala events, well not, gala, well, not watch them really, but more just see what outfits. I mean, you know, there's always, you always have to sort of appreciate the artwork that sort of goes into it and the time and dedication and design. And 
you know, there's only one of these pieces I think ever made, really. You know, it's not going to be, it's a custom made one, one kind piece, which, um, you know, you're never going to buy in a shop and they cost thousands upon thousands of pounds. And I just sort of think of, um, sometimes like with the Rihanna, like some of her pieces that just, you know, they became memes in the end because of just how over the top and crazy they were basically. But, um, somebody just did so well because like the rubbish one, um, and then there was like a concert and guitarists at one point and just, there was this really clever moment where she designs like the ultimate piece, her signature look basically, which is going to be for the spring collection for the Baroness. And the Baroness thinks she's going to get smart. She's going to lock them all away in the vault, stop Cruella basically, um, taking it. But then the vault breaks and they can't access it. So then she tells them to get it out at any cost. When they do, all these moths emerge, having destroyed all these dresses. And then you realise, on the signature dress, every single sort of gold strand was actually like a cocoon or something like that, for like moths. Now, I don't know how on earth she did that, and you know, you have to suspend your disbelief. But I just thought that was so clever as a plot point. I just was like, wow. And I just sort of love that sort of, um, it was like a little bit like a chess fight or this sort of fight of, you know, wits and wills and against. And I absolutely love the bit when, because at that point she figures out that uh, it's who Cruella is, goes to her apartment, tries to kill her. And then her right hand man basically tells her the truth, rescues her and tells her the truth about her origin. And then there's a final party back at the estate and um, I love the bit when everyone turned up in a Cruella hairstyle, which um, was just brilliant. It was just so disorientating to see so many. And I, I just, uh, this whole film from start to finish was just such a fun ride. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Um, and every single person just brought something. I mean, Emma Thompson was brilliant. I enjoyed Emma Stone's performance, especially the bit when she learned the truth. And she has this monologue with herself, basically, talking about... And it was just very... It wasn't over the top. It was quite... And you just really sort of sympathise with the character. And I just... I really just enjoyed, really... The majority of this film, really. I just really enjoyed it. Um, Just trying to remember what else happened. Um, The big plot point... um, Where, basically, we find out that the... Baroness had a child and this is the biggest spoiler so at this point if you're still listening I'm assuming you've watched the film because this is a big spoiler and I think should should be saved to you've watched it because um it was such a gut gut punch when I watched it but we find out and here's the big reveal that the Baroness is Cruella's biological mother and then Cruella realizes probably that's why you know that's why she's probably always had that personality where things get too wild and why she's brilliant in fashion because she takes after her mother who, even though she's brilliant at what she does, she also is quite a horrible past individual because the way she treats everyone around her and she thinks you have to be ruthless in the business. 
and also she was a woman who didn't want to be pregnant and in the end tries to kill her you know tries to kill her baby and in the end we find out the woman at the beginning was one of the servants at the manor who the um who the butler or the right hand man of Cruella he gives the baby to her and she basically raises Cruella and I think what happens is the mum comes back we don't really get revealed why she came back but I think she comes back to basically tell something to the mother or something and I think in the end she gets killed off basically she doesn't want to take Cruella back that bit didn't get explained that well or I'd probably need to rewatch it but we still don't know exactly what the conversation was between, you know, the adoptive mother servant of Cruella and, you know, the Baroness, what the conversation was in the end. Um, but that whole sort of internal struggle, I just really liked. Um, and I thought that was a, a really nice touch. I like that sort of twist at the end because I wasn't expecting that. Um and in the end, um, with the whole Baroness thing, like, she pretends that, you know, she wants to make amends and she wants to, you know, and basically everyone gathers on the balcony to sort of see what is happening. The Baroness has no idea. She's got this whole audience watching. And then as she goes into supposedly give Cruella a hug, gives her a hug and then pushes her over the cliff, just like with the adoptive mum. And I just loved how she tried to gaslight everyone, as in, she jumped, you saw her, she jumped. And just no one was buying it because everyone saw what happened, that she pushed her over the cliff at that moment. Um, <laughs> and it was just, uh, yeah, and just the sort of, it was just fascinating to watch sort of the uprise of, because the reveal made things more interesting because basically it was a mother and daughter tug of war struggle. With, without them even being aware of it, um, this sort of fight through sort of fashion and sort of sort of psychology and wit of wills, and I just really enjoyed that. And at some point, I just forgot it was a Disney film. And if they called it something else, I would have still enjoyed it. Um, and I think that was good. That meant the film sort of stood on its own, which was great. And I know Emma Stone got criticised, but I honestly think she did a good job as well. And um, it was just, yeah, that's all I can really say. I just really enjoyed the film, which I'm shocked that I'm actually saying this. I enjoyed Cruella and highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to... I think those are all the major plot points, basically. But um, I definitely need to re-watch it again. But it was just the costume designs, the acting... The humour, I mean, they balanced the humour so well. And I liked how we saw just how much Cruella had to struggle to basically get to a point where she was recognised because she started off as a cleaner and then she was like a designer and just the sort of toxic environment she gets embroiled in. And Emma Thompson was just brilliant in this. I mean, I don't think I normally see Emma Thompson in villain roles but she is just so good in this she just she just takes Miranda Priestley and she makes her more crueler and just you know just and it's so it, it's not cartoonish it's so well done because I just sort of watched it and I was just like I could see this as real people which is quite just the narcissism and the sort of 
oh, just some of the horribleness of just, oh, and just the gaslighting. The gaslighting at the end, I was just like, this woman gets away with so much because of gaslighting as well. There was certain tech things that I just was like, yep, that's on the dot of, you know, toxic behaviour and... And I think in some ways it also explains a lot of, you know, Corella's behaviour because of that sense of rejection or sense of, you know, just trying to find somewhere where she fits, really. And um, she cannot get it from, you know, the biological mum. And in some ways she also argues whether the adoptive mum was trying to change her um, and trying to suppress her into Ella because um, she knew what the badness was like trying to kill her own daughter and was trying to... Basically, she was worried about her genes. And I thought that was interesting. It was so interesting when we had that monologue and she sort of talks and you could really feel the sense of pain there that sort of happened. And I also felt for Jasper and Horace because they also wanted Ella back and um, you got the sense that they had like a really close bond and I thought that was also done well, the way they sort of all lived together and were like this little family when I heard it on paper I thought that sounds ridiculous but watching it I was like actually they executed it quite well so so yeah that's um I just wish they sort of explored that more and I don't know if they'll do a follow-up um where they sort of delve more into how she decides to make Dalmatians into coats because that would be tricky and I think at that point, then she's becoming a villain. And I don't know if they'd do that because at that point, they've sort of tried to make, make her more of a, of an anti-hero sort of heroine sort of, yeah, I don't know where they'd go with that if they did like a sequel to it. Um, but honestly, I thought as a standalone film, uh, I thought it was good and uh, didn't expect it the way it turned out that it was. So yeah, definitely check it out go in with zero expectations just go in for a fun ride and honestly just go honestly just to see Emma Thompson because for me Emma Thompson and also Horace the act of Horace just cracked me up so many times throughout the whole of that Emma Thompson is the big selling point to definitely go and see she is just brilliant from start to finish in this film and I just oh you know you couldn't get enough and they just they gave us so much Emma Thompson and Emma Stone I was just I was just living for it and it was brilliant. So yeah, check it out and have an amazing day and (laughs) uh, I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Bye.